0: Loving the dead, vibe. nah, you know, you know, I use loving the dead, vibe? cause you know, I look like somebody you could get over on, cause I was getting over on myself. But when you see somebody that's disciplined and they eating in the way of the life is very intimidating to a person that's not disciplined. So you know, you can't play with me because I'm not gonna play with myself, and not play with me for in a negative way, but. I ain't really letting too much slide because I I, I'm i not letting that slide with, with myself. It's discipline. and Discipline is intimidating to a person that lacks discipline. So I guess I'll begin this episode with thanking the woman at the Chevron off of Stockton Boulevard who offered me fellatio in return for $20, even though I denied her more than generous offer. I appreciate that there are still people in America that are willing to work. That are willing to work to earn their wage. <laughs> what is going on? How you guys doing? How you feeling? What's going on? This is the Greatest Voice podcast. How is every single pair of ears? How is every single soul that is driving on their way to work at six o'clock in the morning, working for a construction company located in Reno or one of those borderline cities just on the outskirts of California? How you doing? uh some of y'all been asking why i haven't recorded a podcast in a while and if you you know pay attention to my instagram you know, saw i posted and i had said um that i was taking a break because the last month i was really focusing on my body which i'm going to discuss in depth as uh, soon now This is going to be a long episode. We are going to talk about all the other stuff I want to talk about, like um, Squid Games. Of course, we have to talk about that. We are going to talk about The Maid on Netflix. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, you know, it's a lot of little things that happen over the month. Like I was like, even though I wasn't in recording, even though I wasn't recording, I was still noting and taking down every single thing I could think of or every single thing that I noticed that really I felt like, man, I would love to talk about them on the podcast. The reason why I, um, I haven't recorded an episode in the last four weeks, just to be real with you, is because, um, I, um, I just was trying, man, I had love handles, man. (laughs) Hey, I still got a little bit of them, but I, I had love handles. Um, I got to a point where I just was really, 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 really physically uncomfortable with the way my body looked, um, I didn't like how my clothes were fitting. I didn't like that when I would have sex with women, they could grab my love handles. That made me feel really uncomfortable, Uh, just being real. So I went on this very, 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 very crazy diet and workout regime I've been doing for the last couple of weeks. Basically what I do is I do bare minimum Three to four hours of cardio a day and I do a, th- a set of 30 minutes of weights a day Now, truth be told I use the average somewhere between four and five of cardio maybe like No, no weights to 30 weights. I just not started really getting back doing weights because I realized like I got it That's the thing that sucks about losing weight. Like I've been noticing this now I went down so far so far. I went down. Um, I haven't been watching this skill just because it's hard for me to watch the scale Because I'm doing weights too So I'm probably gaining muscle But last time I checked I went down from 264 To 232 in like one month Which is That sound Month and a half Month and a week or so And that sounds insane To some people But it's just because I was um, I just was dedicated man I just was tired Like I was like You know I think as men You know You get so used to working You get so used to And then like When you're a guy When you're still dating You know I've kind of always been Like a guy Who's like a I think I won't lie to you and tell you that part of my motivation for losing weight is to, to pull women. That's not this, that that's not, that is a thing. But I think that when you're a guy, when you're fat, you still have no trouble getting women. It's just that I do feel that like, it's a lot different than like, like I saw I'll, t- I'll tell you the difference I've seen in the last just few weeks. I- I've noticed that when I go to the club, when I go to bars, random women come up to me and tell me I'm cute again. Now, A month ago, I would have women come up to me and dance with me or ask what's my name, but they never necessarily complimented my appearance and stuff like that. It was like so, you know, that was a big thing. I've uh, noticed that I do feel that maybe men find me less intimidating because I think. I I was never like I was never like 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 sloppy fat. I was that kind of fat where I still had muscle, but I had a stomach. And that just made me feel uncomfortable. I just don't like having a stomach. Like I feel like that defeats the purpose of like doing waste to begin with. So I feel like I do, but I I think I've been noticing like if like guys feel like they can kind of try me a little bit more, you know. Which you know, they can try if they want to. But um, so what I've been doing basically is I've been doing though that every day, and I've also been doing intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is basically where I'll usually go. I'll go sixteen to twenty four hours without eating. Sometimes I do 24 hours. Sometimes I do 16 a lot of days. I've really done 26 hours 27 hours without eating and I'm also doing keto which is basically you eat purely just like um, You eat purely just like fat no almost little to no carbs and protein and Some would ask you know, why are you so why are you doing all this man? Why are you going? Why are you doing all this and simply because man, I just was like i just was just really so insecure even now, I, I mean i'm i'm a lot better like all my clothes i i just really just felt really uncomfortable like where i was physically you know and it's um and i guess it was it was it was kind of like a mark of shame to me because for those people who personally know me i've always been able to i've always had a gift where so let me let, let, let's go back to the beginning let's go back to where this this thing kind of started from. I've always had a propensity or a gift with being able to work out harder than those people. The last year or so, year and a half or so, I gained an insane amount of weight, an insane amount of weight. And I was doing all these different diets that wouldn't work. And I was doing all these different diets like. I was I was talking about on the podcast a few times. I tried one diet and actually not gained ten pounds because of that diet. I tried a different diet and I gained some weight because of this diet. and so I just for like the last year and a half, I just kept like I joined the gym and was going to the gym every day was still gaining weight and um for a while i thought I had a disease for a while, I thought I had um. a a syndrome or i thought i had high cortisol but when i went to the doctors and i got tests they said like no your cortisol levels are fine no your hyperthyroid is fine it actually looks like you have low cortisol which means you should be losing weight like no some of the you're you should be okay and i was like well i don't know what the hell's going on and i'm working out all the time so in the last month I've seen more progress than I've seen in maybe all my lifetime of working out except maybe two thousand thirteen. Now I'll talk about that story one day because that was actually a very insane time when I did that, but um, and I guess what I did was is um what I did was is I just um I got very, very, very honest with how much I was eating versus how much I thought I was eating. I got very 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 precise with how many calories I burn with how many calories I burn per exercise And when all the calculations were done I calculated that on the elliptical on most elliptical machines If I do three hours of exercise on on those machines, it'll burn more or less almost in between 2700 to 2700 to 3000 calories and if I also do weights, add on to that, like 30 minutes of waste, that might be another two or 300 calories. Then if I do a diet where I'm only doing 1,500 calories a day, that's another 500 calories missing because my body, if I don't do anything, requires about 2,000, 2,200 calories to sustain itself. stuff. So basically what I did was is I made it to where if I kept doing this every single day, I'd lose at least a pound a day, which is how so far I've lost so much weight. Um... It's been hard. i ain't going to hold you. It's been hard. I think another thing I bring I bring up why I've always been able to work out hard, because I think, you know, a lot of the time when you're somebody who when you're somebody who's naturally hard working. I think about this a lot when you're somebody who just has a gift for for just doing a 16 hour shift and still coming back to the gym right after that or still going to take picking up your kid from school after a 16, 18 hour shift. You'll naturally think that because you work harder naturally than most people, that's all you need to do. But. A lot of the times we get people who are naturally hardworking, we get so complacent, we get so comfortable with our level of hard work because we don't understand that that what we might do might sound crazy to somebody else. But for us. For us, for our own personal being, for what we can do, that level of work is not level of hard work is not going to change anything because it's something that's natural to you. You know, it's the same thing like how, for example, I can run five miles and well, actually, I can run nine miles. I can run eight. Now I can run nine miles and be out and be tired now versus. Let's say a Usain. I don't know if Usain. We'll say a Usain Bolt and probably run nine miles and not even feel tired at all, and not even feel an issue. You know what I'm saying? That for him, that might not be a that he that might not do what it what it does to me. So that was a big thing, and that's where I started really going hard with doing multiple hours. Sometimes I'll just spend half a Netflix series at the gym, going on and on and on, because it was like. I realize like man I can't keep comparing myself to somebody who might go on the treadmill for 40 minutes and then see results. Yo, I got a friend, shout out to my girl. And she told me she lost all her weight just by running 3 miles a day. And I'm like, "Girl, I do like fucking 10 miles a day. What's going on but it's different though. You know, my body's different. Like I I'm I I I can take I can take more punishment." Um and it's uh it's kind of funny because like in my gym i go to like i will be like people who know me at the gym they know like i'll like, be there at the gym like three four hours straight just going like just going bro and like uh just going just going and it's like and then like people be like i know some people probably think i'm on drugs or something because i just been here it has to be one person who's who's who see me in the gym and be like is that nigga homeless? Like wh- why is he always here for 3 and 4 hours? Like why? Like like why why like why? But it's like, you know, it's it's you know, hey man, I just I'm just dedicated, man. You know, I have a it, it, like it's it's like it's like it's just it's just what I am. It's, it's just what I am and I'm dedicated, man. I'm like I'm not my mentality is, is I I can't um I want I want the buy that I want and I'm going to do everything I can get it um and i made a lot of i made a lot of progress probably by in december like the december 1st i'm probably do like a before and after picture and post that but um i just i just i think the biggest thing with me you know i I, like i think um i played in this i played in this episode the clip of what kevin Gates said in his podcast his episode in one little instagram live video where he said um he said you know why why he was loving a dad bod? Because I look like somebody you can get over on. When he said that little line about, uh, he said that little line about talking about just um, what was he gonna say? Talking about uh, like him having a dad bod. Because for those who don't know, Kevin Gates is a rapper. He's really popular. He's from New Orleans. Shout out to my family from New Orleans, and um, he. Um, he lost an insane amount of weight, got in shape, has abs and stuff like now. He does not look like a light skin jelly roll anymore. He does not look like a Twinkie anymore. He looks like a grown man. He looks like a Hershey's bar. Anyway, <laughs> but nah, man. He um, the brother lost a lot of weight, and um, the brother lost a lot of weight, and what he said was, is you know. There was somebody in the comments while he was recording Instagram Live and you know, they said, like, you know, Oh, I love a dad bot. And he said, No, you know why you was loving a dad bot? Is because I look like somebody you can get over on. I look like somebody that you can that you can take advantage of. Now, I'm gonna say this about dad bots. To the extent that what he was talking about, I don't know if necessarily most women look at a guy with a dad bod and say he can get over on them. I do know a lot of women do look at older men and look at them and say like I see it at the club all the time Because I go to clubs and i've been to the 18 year old clubs a lot a lot where like like a girl who's 21 or something who's 19 or 18 She might come up to me and be like hey if I dance with you, will you buy me a drink or hey But if you get me a drink and I like I always tell them I don't move like that That's just not how my mama raised me I'm not buying a girl a drink for for 32 seconds of skin contact like that's stupid but that's one thing the deeper thing i think about with dad bods and i think about this a lot because at the gym i work at i mean at the gym i go to i go to I go to work out at it's interesting when you see like and this is going to be a very un- uncomfortable topic to touch on but it's very interesting when you see the couples at the gym who are together because I do feel to a certain extent they look at each other look at each other and say we're kind of in the same ballpark appearance wise and maybe lifestyle wise. Now what I mean by that is I mean, it's not it might not even be just being vain it might just be like a you know a recreational thing like. I would love to be with a woman who loves to go to the gym as much as I do It just so happens that this woman has a great ass and abs because of that and this man has a great a Great abs and uh, ass no homo because of that as well. So they might just fuck together now On the flip side of that It's interesting when you see the couples in there who are both fat Who are both fat and they just go to the I don't even know what the fuck they be doing at the gym But they just go and they're just both fat and I guess I guess the thing about that is I mean, what I'm trying to say is like attracts like. Like attracts like. That's an uncomfortable conversation. A lot of people don't like to have like to have because there are a lot of people who are with people just because they were available or just because that was the best they can get. I remember Steve Harvey talked about that in his TV show one time. He was like, a lot of the time when a guy's with you, he's with you because that's the best he could get. If he could if he could have got something better, he would have went and got something better. Um. And a lot of women don't want to hear that. A lot of men don't want to hear that. But, you know, it's just being real. So I bring that up because I, uh, as far as in the dating world, I've dated pretty well. I dated a, a lot of pretty women. But I've, I have I, I ain't going to lie to you, shit. As, as I got fatter, I felt that, you know, when you get fat, this thing about when you're fat, people don't want to talk about, at least for me, I still pulled like pretty girls and slim girls, and et cetera, et cetera, whatever you call it. But you are going to get an a, a, an you are going to get an insane not you're going to get a lot of women who are bigger that kind of gravitate towards you, and a lot of that might be just because they look at you and say, "Well, we're kind of in the same ballpark physically." Now, the reason why I bring that up is because for a woman who ha- who's 200 or 300 pounds, and look at me and think that. That shit scared the fuck out of me. I'm trying to stop cursing, but I have to be honest with you. That scared the fuck out of me. Terrified me. Ter- I mean, just mentally just messed me up because I was like, damn, so is that how people see me too? Like, because I, I don't know. I'm weird like that, man. Like, I feel like a lot of the time a woman is, a woman is, when you, a man's with a woman, I feel like a lot of the time the woman is a reflection of the man in a lot of situations. So I'm like, is that, is that how women see me? Like, is that how men see me? Is like some fat, sloppy guys? So that was another thing that motivated me to really kind of just go hard working out. Because I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I, I, ne- I never looked at, like, being fat as something where I'm like. And I'm just, let me just clarify this when I say this. I haven't always been fat. I think what I'm going to say is naturally, when i naturally naturally, my natural state is to be fat. I'm going to say that. My natural physical state is to be fat. Now, when I got around 18, I started working out really hard. And like from 18 to about, i say 22, 23, I was in... Actually, I'm going to say about 21 to 23. I was in really, really good shape. And I just, you know, I just... I think where I fucked up at with my diet and I'm learning not to do this and I'm, I'm going to stop doing this now is I would just try a diet for two weeks and then go to a different diet. And even when I will be trying each of those diets, let me understand this, understand something about diets. Any diet works. I don't care what diet you do. Any diet that you can think of works. Uh, Any diet that you can think of, whether it's a vegetarian diet, whether it's an all meat, keto, all you can red lobster diet, seafood diet, all of those diets will have you see results. But the catch is you have to stick to the guidelines of that particular diet. What that means is you can't tiptoe out the door. That's why I used to mess up with doing keto. Keto has been wonderful to me these last few weeks. I've been doing great with keto. Prior to that, I tried keto four or five times, and every single time I tried keto, I gained about ten or twelve or thirteen pounds in one month. Where I was doing why the, the reason be, because of that, and this is the, this is the only factor, and this is the only factor I'll say when when I when I'll say a lot of the times when you when you. When you do try to lose weight, sometimes it might be genetic. So. Keto, a lot of people think that when you do keto, you're supposed to eat like a lot of protein, like a lot of chicken, a lot of eggs, a lot of a lot of turkey. But reality is when you do keto, you're actually supposed to do 70 percent, 70 to 50 to 70 percent fat, maybe 20 percent protein and 10 percent carbs. I, in the past, was doing maybe 70% protein, maybe 15% fat, and carbs. Now, the reason why protein can be bad for you, yes, protein is good for you, you're supposed to have that to build muscle. The reason why protein can be bad for you sometimes is because protein, when you eat too much protein, there's a thing called glue something, I forgot what it was called, don't mind me, I have a ninth grade education. When this glue whatever process takes place, what will happen is, is the protein the protein will be turned into sugar in your body and be stored as like a carbohydrate so my body naturally it doesn't process protein well it just doesn't like it stores protein it just doesn't it doesn't digest protein well so for me when i was doing keto what i'm doing what i'm doing keto now what I've had to do is I've had to even now, like I'm at the point now where I'm fat adapted. So fat adaption is a whole different conversation. But like it just was to a point to where I had to I had to um, I um, I had to really, really even now, like cut down on protein like I eat, I eat maybe I eat 80 percent fat a day. I eat 80% fat a day. The reason why the reason why they why keto is based on eating fat and why it works so well for people, I can testify and tell you it works. Because I'm gonna tell you the funny, I'm gonna tell the funniest thing about like losing weight now. I'm for the way my stomach looks now compared to how it looked before, it did not it looks way flatter now than it did when I was this weight beforehand, like a year and a half ago. The reason why is because when you do keto, It eats so keto uses basically what keto does is keto uses the fat in your body as a fuel source It uses the fat of your body not the fat you ate I'm talking about the fat that your body has stored That's why a lot of people who do keto like after the first few weeks if they you know They go through the keto flu and they feel like they about to die And after a while they feel like this, this immediate surge of like energy and feel like they can do anything and feel like They can fucking fight crime and stuff like that because the keto once it once your body sufficiently switches to burning fat as a fuel source not trying to look for carbohydrates because naturally a lot of us are natural sugar burners which means we burn we use carbohydrates we use sugar and protein everything that we use everything that kind of burn but if you just force your body to only use fat as fuel naturally what will happen is is your body your body will um your body, you'll naturally start losing weight because what'll happen is, is you'll start using like your body's, you start using your body as a fuel source. Because truth be told, that's why you store the fat. You store the fat to use your body. You store the fat to burn off all that. You store the fat to use it as a fuel source. So, and I can tell you, it's been working, bro. You know, and I um. I'm going to say the biggest thing I'm going to say for working out, and I just thought about this now, is, is if I can say anything to motivate somebody to work out and really go hard in the gym and really just try to change their life, I'm going to say self-respect is the biggest thing. Self-respect. um, As a man, I'm learning that there are a lot of things there are a lot of times you should do something and push yourself to do something just because of the respect level you will have for you when it's all said and done like i play it off when people look at me and say man you lost a lot of weight or man you're in the gym all the time man you in here three four hours a day man you really work out hard a woman told me they're like you're in here again and then i came back again after that because i have been there three times but i'm actually probably gonna go back again in five hours but like when people tell me that stuff, I try to play it off and be humble, and I always say, hey, "Amen, you can do it too." Hey, Amen, it's nothing to do it, man. You can do it too. Hey, Amen, I believe in you. You can do it too. It's nothing. I'm nobody, but I do feel an ex- Like I want you, everybody who's listening right now. I want. I want. I want to. I want you guys to do something. That's what I want you to do. So I recommend you do. Ask yourself this question: What is your f- Favorite characteristic about you not physical but just like personality. What is your favorite characteristic about you? Now I can tell you my favorite characteristic about me and working out has kind of made me even Take more pride in that is I love my determination I love my determination I love the fact I love the fact that when I want something I'll do anything in the world to get to it. I love the fact that I'm not scared to admit, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to research, I'm going to learn, and I'm going to figure out my way to get to where I need to get to it doing this. I've been like, it was like that when I came to Spanish. I tell people this all the time. I never took a class in Spanish. I never took a class in Portuguese. I learned just by really going hard and determining, forcing myself to learn, talking to people in the street, talking to people in grocery stores reading watching movies practicing on myself practicing with myself same thing with this weight loss thing i didn't have a trainer i asked trainers they didn't know how to help me so i um i just did the research online i calorie counted i did intermittent fasting i literally wouldn't i now see one thing about it is now i don't really start like i go like 16 18 19 20 hours without eating but it don't really bother me that much i'm kind of used to it but like like i do all i did all those things and I, I admire the fact that naturally in me is a determination for that and that's always been in Hey, look when I was in, when I was in, when I was in the when I was in the ghetto the ghetto and I was a little child growing up and like um and I you know and I uh when I went to Job Corp, I went to Montgomery Job Corp in Montgomery, Alabama. Shout out to all the hoods out there. Shout out to Gibbs Village. Shout out to Day Street. Shout out to Southern Meadows. Shout out to Rest in Peace Lane Court. Shout out to Normandale. Shout out to uh, Colonial Drive. That's where I used to stay at. Shout out to Bel-Air. I stayed there for a few months. When I was out there, out there in the southeast and living out there, I'll never forget when I got the job corp and them, do you know, them dudes started, you know, they started, they started, uh, you know, they started beating up on me. I want, I'll tell you the truth. They started beating up on me. And I will always remember. I always remember this. There was a guy who came in there who was a boxer who used to work there as a counselor. I came in there and I was talking about it with him. And he said, he said, well, you know, I box, man, you know, I can show you little things. And man, I used to be up with that old ass man and, two three o'clock in the morning just just sparring sparring see a lot of the times when people see me hit and i'm not trying to brag a lot of times when people see me hit the punching bag now they'd be looking at everything like i i have a lot of i've heard a few people tell me like do you box professionally or do you do nothing and i always tell them no it's not that it's just i you know i i I learned i i somebody teach me and i always worked on it i always because my mentality was always most of my workouts when I do, when I do the four hours of cardio, I always hit the punching bag. Like, I'm going to hit the punching bag probably at six, six in the morning soon. And part of the reason I do that is because I'm always thinking I got to be prepared for the next fight. I got to be prepared for the next fight. I'm, I'm determined to be prepared for the next fight. I'm I'm determined to, a. Hey, you got to remember how to bob and weave. You got to remember. Nice. So determination is big for me. I think the biggest thing for working out, honestly, is just you having more self-respect for yourself. Because I ain't a lot of you. Like, you... Hey, listen, we're going to do a part two of this. Like, you know, I'm going to do I'm. I'm, I'm going to keep doing my well, weekly episodes. But we're going to do a part two of this, like, in, probably in uh, in November. I uh, Sorry, just like in, in December. And then we're going to talk about. I can just tell you, when you have more self-respect. How you look at people changes, what you choose to indulge in changes, how you look at people changes, the women you talk to, how you look at them changes. how you look at them changes, like. The things that you do, when you have a lot more self-respect for yourself, it's a lot of things you want to allow yourself to do because it's like, man, I'm better than this. Man, I'm better than this. Man, I'm better than this. I'm too cute to be sending a girl to Texas with no response. I'm too cute. for You know, I'm just being honest, you know. So that's the biggest thing is like the self-respect factor. Um I'm still not where I want to be at. You know, I still got a little bit of flab there. It is what it is. I got into the point now where I can wear. I, I got into the point now where I. I think if I wear, I, I. I'm at the point now where I don't think I. I'll just say I'm not where I want to be at yet, but I've I've, shit. I hey, everything I. I am at the point now where all my clothes started. I got, I got a pair of jeans. I was, I've had these pair of jeans for two years. Monty said, did "You just get those jeans. You finally wearing some jeans a little late, like, like they did not fit you." She don't know. I didn't have them same jeans for two years, but they just, they just now look like like regular human size on me because you know, I'll get boy slimming down. Um, I'll say this, and then we're gonna switch to different topics. If there's Anything I would say to anybody out there who's listening to this and needs motivation to work out, I'll say. You know, motivation can come from anything. I'll be rude you when I'm on that treadmill. I'm thinking about the dumbest, stupidest stuff to motivate me. I'm thinking about gang music. I'm thinking about how many girls will like me, whatever, whatnot. I'll think about that just because in the moment it puts a little bit of fire in my put that little battery back put that put that put that battery in my back. Use, I always tell people, use whatever motivates you to motivate you. Do not be ashamed to go on there and fantasize about being, uh, um, or what's his name, uh, the Blue Dragon from Dragon Tales or the, the Art of Arc from Arthur, because that motivates you while you're on the treadmill. Do not, do not, do not, do not be scared to go on that treadmill or in that gym and fantasize about looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger in kindergarten cops so every 33-year-old mom at the, at the elementary school when you go pick up your son can, can want to F with you, you know. I'm just being real. Like, use whatever motive. Use whatever. Do not be scared to go back. Do not be scared to go into um, go into your vault of inner childhood trauma and demons and kids picking on you. And you know, use that to um, motivate, um, motivate, motivate, um, motivate, motivate you to to do what you got to do. So I'll say. Now, moving on, because I do want to talk about some other things. I have a lot of topics I want to talk about. Um, I had a list about everything. Um, shoot, let's let's start from the middle. Let's start with watching the Maid on Netflix. Have you seen the Maid on Netflix? Have you seen the Maid? I have watched this show. This is a very very good show. Um, if you are not interested in the struggles and trials and tribulations that twenty seven year old white women face at the hands of a beast while raising a five year old kid then I recommend you not watch this. But if you are interested in that, feel free, brother. Um, I like this show because basically it's about a woman who's in a very abusive relationship with the man. And... She takes her daughter and runs away to a homeless, to a, a, a battered women's shelter. I, I don't think the word is battered, but I'm calling it battered. So the reason why this story kind of touched me deeply is because my mom did the same thing with my sisters. This was after I left. But, you know, my stepdad was beating on her, abusing her, and she ran away to a shelter. So I like this show because it showed the reality. It was very, very, very. And it's based on a book, but it was very, very. No, it was based on a true story. But the woman wrote a book, wrote a book about it. It was very, very, <clears throat> very, very, very blunt with what women face when they try to run away from home. Like, like I, I'm going to spoil it for you. Spoilers! Like how, like, when the woman, when she first runs away, the one, she only got, like, $22 in her pocket. She got nowhere to go. Her mama's her is not of well mind to take care of her. Um, and she, it, you know, at a certain point in the show, hell, she ends up running back to the nigga just because, you know, at a certain point, she just ran out of options, you know, and and a lot of times, you know, it was the same thing with my mom. My mom, when she, I remember one time she ran away. She had no money. She had to borrow money from my from my uh, from my uncle Mont, and when she ran there and um and um, she just she just she just um, she just kept going back and going back and going back. You know, a lot of the times we'll keep going back in relationships because that's just all we know. Like that's just. We'll go back and deal with a traumatic situation because that's that is all we are used to. That's all we know um, And that's a big thing uh, to bounce back a little touch back a little bit on the weight loss thing has been making me think like You know god one thing how it's been showing me how many things I do that I keep doing that are not beneficial to me You know a lot of times I don't know so so that's why the show kind of really struck a nerve with me i highly recommend you watch it one thing it touched on i thought was interesting like how in relationships because when she left the guy in the show in the first episode he hadn't necessarily put his hands on her yet he had threw a glass at a wall and like slammed his fist like through a glass at a wall and yelled at her, and she decided to leave when he did that. Now, it's interesting because when I watched that, I was thinking, like, shit, hell, my stepdaddy was beat my mom's ass in week three. Like, <laughs> she still stayed, so. But there was one thing when she, when she went to the, yo, man, when she went to the shelter, man, there was a lady There was a lady there, the lady who was she was like the the care, the the groundskeeper of the the, the shelter, like the people who's like the head leader there. And she was talking to her and it would do a whoop. She welcomed her there. And then the other girl, there was a girl she made friends with in that shelter who had just left her man. And at one point, the girl, like I think the next episode, the one, the girl she made friends with, not the older lady, not the groundskeeper lady, but the one that she made friends with ended up running back to her man. When she ran back to her man, she told the roundkeeper, she's like, why would she do that? She said, you know, that was her third time here. That was her third time she's been here. She said, I I, I left five times before I I I left five times before I finally left my man for good. I can tell you shit. My mom, my mama, my mama left maybe shit 12 times before she finally left him for good. He's just real. Um. Men, we got to talk about this. We do. We we do put women through a lot of stuff. I'll just say that that show. You know, I I know. I'm pretty sure not every man who's listened to this podcast just beat his woman up upside the head two minutes ago. But we, at a certain point, we do have to talk about like how much we do put women through. You know, um and that show is a very uncomfortable reality. I think a lot of the times. I think you know. I think if you have a deeper conversation with, like, when you talk about a lot of topics like this. Everything like domestic abuse, child abuse, racism, um, anti-homosexuality or anti-trans or phobia, all that other stuff. A lot of us don't like having those conversations because I was I want to say the overwhelming majority of us feel like we don't categorize in any of those groups. A lot of us feel like we don't categorize as a racist. We don't categorize as a homophobe. We don't categorize as an anti-trans. We don't categorize as a look. And I've learned this a long time ago. I learned this a long time ago. Just because you didn't see something happen doesn't mean it didn't happen. Just because you don't see a social construct that's affecting your people does not mean it doesn't happen. I'm on record on saying on this podcast that I've always had the best luck getting good jobs. I've always the best luck getting jobs. I've always had the best luck giving off good impressions. I've always the best luck getting opportunities. That doesn't mean that that does not mean that if you're a black man in this country, you will encounter certain barriers to trying to get jobs. It's just me personally. I haven't went through that. Um Same thing when we can come when it comes to like the trans or homosexual thing I have never in my life said I hate trans or I hate gays or anybody in the LGBTQ community I have always I've I've always I've always I've I just don't give a damn to be honest with you But that does not mean that No other man who might look like me or no other man who's like me in this world has probably said crazy things about gay people possibly bullied a gay person for being gay. You know, the one reason like I, I talked about this the other day, I talked about this in the podcast numerous times. The only reason I'm OK with gay cartoons or cartoons that have LB like gay themes or homosexual things or homosexual characters is because I do want my kids to be raised in an environment where gay is normalized enough to where if I if my son or daughter when I do have one, God willing, is gay. It's still, like, when I was a kid, gay kids still got bullied when I was a kid. And I'm not old. Like, gay kids got bullied when I was a kid. Like, in early 2000s, when you would go, when I was going to school, gay kids were getting bullied. Now, they wouldn't, they, well, let me say, they weren't getting, like, beat, no, nah, there were something got beat up. But, like, they weren't necessarily getting, like, hot, beat up, beat up, but, like, it was still a thing to tease them and say they were gay or this guy and that guy were caught kiss- kissing behind the building. Like, which a lot of times that would happen. You see two kids that get caught kissing behind the building or or something like that. And then kids will start teasing them and saying, like, oh, he's gay. And, I, you know, just ruin their whole life. So. So. That's a thing. So I that only that room for that kind of critique only exists because gay is so frowned upon. So. And I think the reason why, the reason why I'm kind of, I'm kind of get tired of that conversation is because like, you know, like in the black community, we're having a really, really big discussion about this because there's a rapper named Lil X who's popping and like every, who's, who's really popular. And everybody is talking about him because a lot of his videos have homosexual themes and et cetera, et cetera. And it's making a lot of us have to see things that we don't want to see. But the thing, what you have to understand about being gay being gay is as old as being straight being gay is as old well let me say this it might not be as old as being straight but it <laughs> being straight might be older by being being straight might be older than being gay by maybe a few million years but like not like a lot like hell the rome the hell the Romans and the greeks were having sex with each other thoroughly like yeah i hell. part of the reason I, I loved hercules until when i was a kid and i read that he was gay and i kind of was like oh my god how, why was hercules gay uh so he wasn't gay but he had sex with this boy that the that the uh that the water nymphs the water goddesses like minor deities they drug him down the water and his name was i think the boy's name was hylas i think h-y-l-a-s hylas i'm a greek mythology, a greek mythology nerd but anyway so i bring all this i bring all this up because um I bring all this up because I don't know where I was going with this. I just went on a rant. <laughs> I just went on a rant. While we doing this podcast, I be talking about stuff. I just go on rants. So I don't even really be know where I be going. Let's move on. Um, let's see. Um, we can talk about. Oh, this was a very interesting topic. So, shout out to uh, somebody. A lot of these topics I have. Were, were, This is how you know I've been at the gym too much because a lot of these topics I have were topics that I, I got create when I was just working out at the gym and I, somebody would come up to me and talk to me. Me and a girl, young lady at the gym, a very beautiful woman, has very very great has a very very great skin complexion. I'm kind of shooting my shot at it right now by talking about it through this through this podcast. With this, she'll, she'll know she'll know who she's talking about. She'll know who I'm talking about if she listens to this episode. We were having a conversation one day about, like, just um, how at the time she was saying one of her siblings was very, 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 very very babied, almost coddled, almost coddled by her parents. And um, I was saying in the situation, I was saying response, she was saying, like, you know, they were, you know, that person was coddled and everybody was. He was kind of babied in the household, but I was kind of more independent and had to be forced to take care of myself and really do my own thing. And said person. Like I got told said person. I don't know her situation. I don't know her situation. But like I was saying, from my personal experience, a lot of the time. There is a bias in a lot of households where a parent might feel like they have to baby this other kid versus the other kid being a lot of the time, like I was telling her, a lot of the time, it's, it's not necessarily that they, because a lot of, see, when you get older, when your parents do that to you, like when your parents, like, how you have like a baby sister or a, or a son or a, or a brother who like, he gets babied and gets more, he don't get nowhere near the whoopings and ass whoopings that you got when you were a kid. He he, he did not have to walk home when you were, when he, when he did not have to walk home when he was a kid. He was, he, he was, he was chill just to kick it. Um, a lot of the time, It's not that the parent, because when you get older, you take it as saying where the parent loves that kid more than you. It's not that the parent loves that kid more than you. It's not that. It's just, it's not that the parent loves that kid more than you. A lot of the time, just instinctually, they know that you can survive on your own. I hate surviving. like saying they dropped you off in, in, in like off an island off the coast of Fiji someday where they know instinctively that you can handle your own more than your sibling can. So therefore they don't have to worry as much about you as they have to worry about the other one. And it's just a natural thing, you know, it's like, it's kind of like how, um, it's just a natural thing, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, I, surely you hell know, I, I, I had to, um, I've missed a lot of days of school, watching my baby sisters. I missed a lot of days of school, watching my baby sisters. So a lot of times, my it's a lot of times my, it's a lot of times I'll, it's a lot of times my dad or my mom or somebody, in my family might ask something of me that I might say, well, why didn't you ask my sister or might ask my brother? But it's like, well, they know instinctively, like I can do it, but the other one can't. Other ones can't do it or they might not be capable of it or they just might not care enough. You know, just being just keeping it 100. So um, you can't get mad, but you should be proud because if you are the responsible sibling, being responsible sibling sucks because a lot of the time. Well, I'm going to say this. This is just my perspective. If you are the older sibling or if you're like the older relative, you know, to your cousins or to your brothers, there are going to be certain situations when you are called upon to kind of either maybe give some money or maybe offer a helping hand, possibly lend somebody a couch to sleep on, possibly put your life in risk to go save a nigga from getting jumped by 14 Mexicans. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just telling what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is, what it is. And when those situation happens, when those situations happen, you'll always think the same thing. But why did you call me, bro? Why did you call me? Why did you? Why did you call? Why did you call me? But a lot of the time, man, it's just because hey, they you know they know they can count on you. That's not necessarily a bad thing to be somebody they can call on. I got a I got a relative right now that I just cashed up forty dollars, and I got mad because I I I loaned him forty dollars, and I know he said I'm gonna pay you back tomorrow. I am 69% sure that this little Negro God best his heart is not going to pay me back. But at the same time, he is, he is, he's of kin to me. And I feel like, Hey, right now I sh- just, just move from the kindness of my heart. Don't move from, I'm trying to do that. Cause my auntie, to tell my auntie Margarita, she taught me that don't move from the bitterness of your heart. Move from, move from being an accomplice. Cause even when I was, even when I was putting the money together, I did not want to send it to this boy, but I was like, you know, hell in a situation like that, how many times have I been in situations like that? And somebody had to bail me out, you know, so, you know, and I think that's a bigger conversation we could have, I guess, is like I try to speak. That's why when I talk about people, when I talk about certain situations, I always try to speak from a place of understanding because I, a lot of those situations I've been in before, like I've been broke before, I've been having to beg people for money before. I've been I've been in those situations. I've been I've never been homeless, but I had to sleep on my grandma's couch before. And it's not a comfortable feeling, you know. So, you know, I understand when you're in those situations where you like, you know, you just need a life. A person needs a needs a needs a lifeline, and you know, in that moment, she might be thinking, you know, hey, you know, you know, you know what, you know, it's you know, it's rough. So I understand. So I guess to say I have to say this, because a lot of us, you know, a lot of the times when you have somebody because I think it gets annoying when you have somebody who is the unresponsible sibling or the unresponsible cousin. Because if you notice, a lot of the time, the majority of the time, they stay like that until their 40s and 50s and 60s. I went on with a date on a woman who was who was in her 50s a few months ago. Great woman. And we were talking about that. And she was telling me like her sister is like, and her is her little sister is like 39 or 41, but she still, still is almost in some essence, like a child, like she still needs help with things. She's still, there's a homeless man um, walking around where I'm parked at, doing some very owlish, uh yell. I don't know if this is like a hood call. Um, God bless his little heart. But anyway, um so you know, it's an interest it's interesting concept. It's interesting thing. Like, you know, I guess I guess when you have siblings or you have cousins who are like I'm trying to be cool and not say names and not give IDs and thing like that because a lot of these people I do I do want their identities to stay, remain nameless and stay cool. Cause I got into some big trouble talking about people on podcast beforehand, but I'll just say, you know, this year, this last two months has really made me look at family relationships and just relationships in general differently, you know, um, you know, it just has for better or for worse, somewhat of the worst because um, I've kind of positioned myself in some ways as somebody that you can call on in certain situations, you know. Whether it's to loan somebody money, whether it's to come save somebody or uh, be the defense for somebody, um, you know. I and it and it, it and it gets to a point. It does get to a point, honestly, where you just you get tired of it. You know, I don't. I don't because a lot of the time. I think being a bouncer, being a nightclub bouncer taught me this, a lot of the times people will see you as a crash dummy that they can call upon when they just need help. You know, like when you see those dudes like who like they move in the streets, right? They move moving in the streets and like they have a cousin, they have a brother, they have people that they'll call on when they wanna do some stupid, ignorant, dumb, about to put you in in folks in new Folsom state prison and get raped by a guy named Hortis for 40 years dumb shit like that And a lot of the time They don't even really care about the person they call. They just want to use him as a crash dummy shout out to whack 100 he's a um, a, a Really uh famous guy in the, in the music industry and he, he did a video talking about that He's like man, you guys a lot of you rappers out here a lot of you celebrities You only call your friends from the ghetto from the hood when you need somebody to do something dangerous, you need somebody to go to jail for the rest of their life for. The reason why when I get into shit, I don't call people. You don't know how many times I've been in the fights. I've been in situations where guns were present, knives were present, every gang that you might have saw on gangland or American Gangster was present. And my dad or my cousin or my brother would say, bro, why didn't you call me, bro? Why didn't you call me? Oh, why didn't you call me? And like, I always tell them because at the end of the day, if I go to jail, somebody needs to put money on my books. That's how I always say, like, somebody needs to put money on my books. If I go, if I go to jail for shoot one of these idiots in self-defense, somebody somebody got to put money in my books, you know? So, you know, you're going to be responsible for that. I'll just say that. Uh, moving on from that next topic, we can talk about, um, oh, this was a good one. Oh, this was a good one you're masters of your pain, masters of your agony. Now, I don't know where, I don't know where, where I heard that from. I think I, it was, just, I wanna say it was like gonna be like the October 7th, somewhere I watched a video and a guy was talking about it and he was like, um, he said, a lot of the times, You not forgiving somebody or you being mad at somebody makes them the master of your pain, the master of your agony because the person has changed you. That touched me so, 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 so deeply because like. It touched me deeply. It touched me profoundly because so I've talked about this in the podcast before. I was bullied as a child up until my late teens. And I bring this up because when I started fighting back, let me just be honest, let me just have a real conversation. I started fighting back in my late teens. I honestly didn't really become like a true fighter, like a person who's really on goal mode until I got in my 20s. You know, working as a bouncer at nightclubs, having to grab up grown men, having to box grown men, having to put slam people, et cetera, et cetera. That's where I, that's what really, that was in my 20s. That's what, what really taught me to say. That's what really, I think the difference was when I was 16 or 17 and somebody punched me, I wouldn't instinctually punch back. I would kind of like try to like maybe like calm the situation down and be like, what's up, bro? What are you, why are you doing now? Few years after that, if somebody punched me, they might that they, they would it was inst. I would probably stomp the shit out of them. I, I've I've done that before actually, but like so. I bring this up because the only reason I'm like that now, I always think about this. I always think it's kind of weird how life works, bro. In my natural, I always tell people this. In my natural, natural who I am as a person. I'm there's a line in the Bible where it says. God did not give you a piece of spirit of discord. He gave you a spirit. He gave you a spirit of peace and sound mind. In my natural mind, in my natural who I am as a person, I am a pacifist. I try to dissuade fights as much as possible. I hate violence. I love people being nice to each other. I just love it. That's why I, I just love peace. I hate, I hate anything negative. That's who I am in my natural state as a human being. Now, what I have become. Because or what I do become in certain situations to defend myself or because I'm in a situation where, you know, it might get real. Is, you know. Hey man, the second and last fight I had, man, I knocked a man out and drug him in the street and drug him the pavement and was about to start slamming him. I don't know where the hell my brain went at that moment. And you know, he did swing on me first. He let's be clear, he did swing on me first. But like I um I just lost it. And like I don't say I hate I hate I don't wanna say black it out. I don't say I lost or I black out. I don't black out when I fight. I I'm well aware of everything I'm doing. But it's just they unlock the they unlock that like that savage beast in me, I guess. So I bring it up because the only reason I'm like that is because of people who did me a certain way in school or in job corporate in the hood who I never forgave, who I never forgot about, who I never, who I never, who I never stopped thinking about, you know, those same people. And the funny thing about it is all those same people probably have never don't even remember who I am. You know, they probably don't, you know, I haven't been to Alabama in years, so I, I haven't been to Alabama in years, like, so a lot of them probably don't remember who I am, but I remember, you know, I remember, you know, I bet you none of them niggas would want to see me now, but I mean, you know, I crack all their fucking head, but it's like, see, there it goes again, but it is something to be said about, like, the people, you know, the people who did you the worst, a lot of the times, they did change you now sometimes the change might be for the better you know it did make me the you know those experiences as a kid did make me a stand-up man as i got older but i do you know the fun thing i do look love when i go to bars like when i go to like hipster bars and stuff like that i love when i meet people who tell me like i I meet, you know white people usually (laughs) i love when i meet people who tell me they've never had a fight in their life i love when people will meet when i meet people who tell me They've never, they've never had to fight. They've never though. Do- yeah, one yesterday, me and my boy we were sitting at the table talking about like how I forgot. Like I think I was talking about like one of my relatives who had shot somebody in the throat, and I was saying like how the guy didn't die, and so my my relative got off. And the, one of the guys was with us who was from you know he's from the town I live in. And he was like, "What in the world? I don't know anybody who's ever shot anybody in the throat. Like what in the world?" And I, we were like, "I'm like man, it's normal." But I like that. I like that that world. He's just oblivious to because that's a beautiful thing because I wish I could be like that I wish I could be like that, you know You know, you know that that's what made me that's what made me slightly start distance That was half the reason why I started distancing myself from being a nightclub bouncer these last few weeks because I feel like I have a theory I have a theory I have a theory about about life about you know I don't know if I necessarily believe in mystical forces and if there's like a a guardian angel that follows us everywhere from Safeway even to the bathroom. I don't know if I believe in that. But I will say what I do believe in is a lot of times the world will try to let you know if you are somewhere or in a position that you don't need to be in. I bring that up because every club I have worked at, Every club I have worked at, the people who worked there said they never had fights, they never got into a single fight, they'd never been touched, et cetera, et cetera. Every one of them, as soon as I took my ass there, by day one I had put hands on somebody. And I and I have to you have to really like you have to really, really know me to know how peaceful and how very, very defusing i am when it comes to an escalating situation you have to really be around me to see how the lengths i will go to i always tell people this all the time yo i'm the best person to argue with because i will let you say a, a, a an obscene an insane amount of shit about me before i knock you the fuck out i mean of a lot i've let uh, i have let uh, Yo, man, I'm just being real, like you know. Hey, like on everything. So, but people still try it. People still try it, you know. People still try it, you know. It is what it is, you know. You know, and, and like I said, you know, they can, you know, you know, yeah. You know, so you know, it's it's it's. I bring that up, I guess, but I bring that up because I do feel the reason why I have issues in that world is because that's God's way of trying to tell me you don't need to be here. This is not where you're supposed to be at. This is not where you belong at. This is not where you're supposed to. This is not, okay, you're not supposed to be here. You know? That's why I don't get mad in that world because, you know, that world, in that nightclub world, that bouncer world, you know, there are people in that world. You know what? You know what? I don't like, I always think about this. Like when I have talked to people who work, you know why I don't argue with people at work? Well, I don't argue with people who I work with, whether it's anything, whether it's bars, security companies, anywhere. The number one reason I don't argue with people who I work with is because. On the way to you going to your career, on the way to you approaching your career, whatever your career goal is, like your true career, you will meet a lot of people who you have issues with at your job. Nine times out of 10, the people that you have issues with your job are people who are veteran people. So sometimes it might be your fault too because, you know, they're veteran. They've been there. They're, those are the people who, that is their career and they want to die during that career. They want to die in that position. Those are the ones, you know, who feel like they can get away with certain things. They, they're the people who don't work hard enough or work too hard, either way. I don't like arguing with those people because, a lot of the time, at the end of the day, they're in house. They're in house. They don't have. They don't have to. They don't have the need to prove themselves. Yeah, those are the people you notice who always come in late for work or don't do as much as you do. Don't clean up as well. If there's an issue with the job, they're they're a little bit slower, a little bit slower to react and resolve the situation than you are. And you can't be mad because that's just the game, you know. I um. I um. Uh, I love Frosted Flakes. <laughs> bit stupid, but nah. Nah, man. I um life's good, brother. I'll just say this life's good. You know, mm-hmm. life's good and I think it's just all about progress. I am gonna do another episode next week. Um we are gonna keep doing these episodes weekly. Um sorry it's been a long time since we uh had just like I said I just had to focus on my body. Um, but now I kind of have a little bit more time, just because I can, man, my shit. Um, I can, I can, I can make something work for y'all. So much love, much peace, and much chicken grease. This is the Greatest Voice Podcast. I shall see you, and thank you for listening.